Hi, this is Pastor Ben Fagelin from Bright Church. I'm so glad you're listening to this podcast. I hope this message inspires you, deepens your relationship with God, and that you're encouraged in your faith. We hope to see you soon at Bright. I hope that you guys were actually able to get away and maybe get a little break in there somewhere and, uh, and, and rest and relax. We, I, I mean, even this morning, I had a friend of mine text me and you know, she said, oh yeah, no, you know, Rona's got me and, and I'm out for the, for the next week. And so we know that some things have been, you know, canceled. I've been, I've been hearing that or getting that kind of text message a fair bit recently, actually. And, you know, I, I had a, a friend of mine uh, who, who told me, this is like going back a couple of weeks and, and they said, yeah, like our family, you know, we, we were sick and, you know, I reached out to this person, you know, I sent them a text message. I said, hey, you know, do you need anything? Is there anything we can do to help? And they're like, nah, it's okay. We're, we're, we're covered. You know, we had, um, you know, our, our family helped a little bit, but they said, to be totally honest, you know, our, our Bright Church family, they, they just we kind of been inundated. People have been dropping off groceries and, and meals. And, and I thought, oh man, that's so good. And they, you know, you guys, you, you sort of beat me to it. And uh, I had another friend and they were sick. I said, hey, do you, you know, if you need anything, reach out. They're like, no, nah, it's okay. You know, I, you know, our small group sort of looked after us and they, you know, they're, they're dropping off meals and they're dropping off stuff. And I'm like, oh, well, you know, I guess they just, you know, beat me to it. And uh, you guys are amazing. And uh, you keep just being on top of all of this stuff. You know, like I'll tell you, pastoral care is pretty easy at this church. I don't even know if it's an, it needs to be an official thing. It's just like there are like networks and people are connecting and reaching out and, and meals are being made and, and dropped off. And you know, I just honestly, I think it's amazing. And, you know, if, you, if you're new to Bright Church, this is, you know, your, uh, you know you, maybe you joined during the you know, ISO or something. And, and you, you know, the last couple of years, and maybe, you know, you're home watching right now. You've never been on site at, at Bright Church, but I can tell you that, but you know, personally, I, I think the, one of the best things about Bright Church is the community. You know, it's the community. It is the, the, the people that make this place so good. And I think community is such a, a, a powerful part of, of doing church life. Um, you know, I think I would say more than that. I would say that I think community is actually completely essential, not only, you know, because, to be part of a church, but it's essential for your spiritual growth. Yeah. Oh, we, need, we need community, right? Yeah. That, that's part of what church really is. It's, it's God's eclectic community. You know, it's His, it's his people, but we, we do, we gather together. I want to read a scripture to you guys today. It comes out of Luke chapter 15, verse 1. It's a well-known parable. It's the parable of the lost sheep. In verse 15, this is, Jesus, this is a story about Jesus, a parable that He tells us. It says in verse 15, Now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to hear Him, drawing near to hear Jesus. And the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. Imagine that. Disgusting. Um, you know, one of the things I love so much about Jesus, what, what really put the Pharisees off is that Jesus was wanting to connect with people way before they were behaving right. And you know, with God, nothing has changed. Like with Jesus, nothing has changed. 
Yeah, he just loves people where they're at. It's his love that draws us in. If you're here today or maybe you're watching online and you're waiting to get your life right before you come to Jesus, it's like trying to get clean before you have a shower. You kind of miss the point. The whole point of, of coming to Jesus is you come to him in the condition that you are in and he helps you to get your life right. So don't mix that up, you know. And, and, and you know, even if you are a Christian and, and you know, how many of us know that you, you give your life to Jesus, but you don't become perfect necessarily. I don't know anyone that really has. He'll just keep helping you to get your life right. So, man, we have a good God. Verse 3, so he told them a parable. What man of you having a hundred sheep? That was a lot for the day. hundred sheep. If he has lost one of them, does not leave the 99 in open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it. When he's found it, he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors saying to them, rejoice with me. For I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so, I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. It's a beautiful picture, right? It's a beautiful picture. And really, that, that is all about Jesus. I mean, if, if it's lost on you today, if you're trying to like, what's that mean? Well, Jesus is the shepherd in the story. And, you know, we're the sheep. And I, and I love this. It's a beautiful picture of Jesus going after people that are lost. I just think that's, that's the gospel, really, isn't it? You know, the, the gospel, Jesus Christ came and died on the cross to set people free of their sins. And he actively pursues them to bring them into right relationship with God. And I think it's beautiful. Did you ever wonder... You know why that sheep wandered off? What was he thinking? What was he thinking? Do you ever wonder why he just kind of drifted away from the other sheep? You know, I like if if any of you have, has anybody have small children or you know had kids and and one of them has disappeared. Like so so this guy has a hundred sheep. Right? And if you lost one, you'd be like, well, you know, 99's not bad. You know? <laughs> I remember a time in my life where we just had two kids and I lost one of them. It's like 50%. That's bad. That's a bad score. I was at the shops and I was looking for my, my son Isaac and he was with us one minute. He was gone the next. I was like, and you know, for the first like 30 seconds, as a parent, I'm, look, just personally, I don't like to make big scenes publicly, okay? So, so I'm like, just be cool. We'll find him. He's, he's got to be here, right? But after about 30 seconds, all of that starts to disappear. And now there is this desperation that just starts to break through. And I'm like, well, he should be here, but he's not here. And where is he? I remember hunting down. And then for a person that doesn't like to make a scene, now I'm just in the shops, you know, Isaac, Isaac, you know, calling out, where are you, right? And, and then eventually I found him thinking that he was lost. No, 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 he wasn't lost. He was hiding. 
I found him. You know, they have those signs in the middle of the shopping centers that light up. They've got like, and they, they have like, they're on a roll and different things pop up, right? And there was like a platform and here he is, you know, hiding from dad. I'm like, you kidding me? <laughs> what were you thinking? This is not a fun game to play. Have you ever wondered why that sheep just kind of wandered off? Where was he going? Maybe he wasn't so lost. Maybe he was hiding too. I, 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 I thought about this. Like, there was a point where this sheep was with the rest, right? Can we, can we at least say that about the story? It was lost because there was at some point that sheep was with the, the, the flock. But then it's just kind of wandered off. And I thought, I wonder why he did that. You know, like maybe the, the sheep was tempted with something else that was out there. You know, like maybe the sheep was, was like, you know, I don't know. The grass does look greener over there. I know plenty of people that have wandered off, tempted by things that look just a little bit greener over there. You know how that saying goes, the grass is always greener. The whole point of that saying is it's not, you know. But, but, you know, sometimes, you know, apparently sheep think it is. And, and he's like, there's something, uh, you know, I'm so sick of this group of sheep. Always, you know, like, I have to stick with them. And, and the shepherd, oh, don't get me started on the shepherd with all your rules, you know. And, oh, we must follow you. We've got to go where you go and, you know, eat the grass that you tell us to eat. Well, I found a nice patch of grass over there. I wouldn't mind having a little bit of a snack on the grass that's over there. Maybe that's why the sheep wandered off. Sheep get tempted all the time, you know. Man, what does what this sheep wander off? Maybe the sheep was offended, you know. I was eating this grass and then this other sheep just moves in on my territory, right? Can we have a little bit of distance between us, please? This is my patch. Stay away from me and I'll stay away from you. Just like a little bit of room where I'm eating, Okay. Maybe he was offended with the sheep. Maybe he was offended with the shepherd. Oh, we have to do what you say. I don't want to be part of this. Why would the, why would the sheep wander off? Maybe the, you know what? Maybe the sheep, and I've, it's funny, I've, I've, I've heard sheep like this. I, you don't need to be part of a flock. You don't need to be part of a flock. I'm still a sheep. I can be a sheep on my own. I'm still a sheep out there, right? I don't need to be with the other 99 sheep. Maybe it's just not a social sheep, you know? I don't do social. You know, you, like, you, you get to your bit of grass and like some sheep wants to make small talk with you. I'm not a small talk kind of sheep. I'm sick of walking through the flock and someone wants to grab you for a little bit of a chit-chat. And you know what? It's just a little bit awkward when I'm on my way somewhere. They want to pull you into a conversation, you know, like, can I just eat my grass in peace? You know, I'm sick of this. I think I'm going to go. And then, of course, you, you, you read the story and what happens, like, you, the sheep wanders off and the, and the shepherd, which is who? Jesus, right? He goes and he finds the sheep. It's beautiful, right? Is it? Is it? I don't know. 
Because have you ever seen how a shepherd wrangles a sheep? You ever seen that? I wish I had a prop today. They have a shepherd's staff and it's got like a big kind of a hook on the end, right? And when they're trying to get the sheep, right, they'll just like grab that thing and drag it in, you know? And if you read the story, it says that the shepherd picks up the sheep and throws it on his shoulder and it holds it and carries it back, right? And you're like, it's a sweet story. Is it? I don't know. Because like I read this with like a little bit of fresh insight. The sheep doesn't have a lot of choice, right? And like Jesus is so clever with his stories because we understand that salvation comes as a gift, you know, and um, I don't even know. I don't see a lot of repentance in this sheep right now. It didn't really turn around and come back the other way. Best I can tell it was wrangled, <laughs> picked up, carried, maybe, you know, dragged and like got it. <laughs> and then he, what does he do? He, he carries it back. It's interesting, you know, like, that's like, that would have been like 1% of his sheep, which even if you lost one, it's not bad, right? But it's, it, apparently the shepherd likes the sheep to stay together. Like it wasn't like he's like, we can afford one. It, it, it seems indicative of the story that he likes the sheep together. But come on, let's, let's not get crazy. This is a parable, right? Right, right. So a parable has one point. It's not an allegory. It has one point. I don't want to get lost on the point, which is that Jesus seeks and saves the lost. Thank you, Jesus. But have you ever thought about the other part of the story, which I believe is completely put in there for a great reason? I mean, we always think about the one. It's beautiful. Jesus, going to get that one sheep. Have you ever thought about the 99? It's like this other group of sheep. And, 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 you know, I, I look at this and I think, what kind of shepherd leaves 99 sheep in the open field? What kind of shepherd does that? He, he was going after one, but he left 99. Open country. Guys, there are wolves. Wolves in the open country. And there's 99 sheep. Have you seen a sheep? They got no defenses. <laughs> they got no, look at, look at a sheep. It's got no sharp teeth. They've got a good sense of smell. They've got no sharp teeth. They, they don't have any sharp horns. They've got no natural defenses. You know what sheep is? Well, sheep are. Sheep, they're prey. They're a snack. A wolf finds a sheep, beautiful. Look at this fluffy little tasty treat. It can't even defend itself. I thought, what kind of shepherd would leave 99 sheep to go after one? And then I thought about the story. I thought, well, you know, at least when the shepherd wasn't physically present with them, at least they had each other. At least they had each other. And I thought that was interesting. So I decided to do a little bit of reading about sheep. And I discovered that sheep 
although they have no teeth and no sharp horns, no natural defenses, then the number one mechanism for providing safety is to gather together. That's, that's what they do. And they, they close ranks and they keep it tight. And it's much harder for the wolves to attack, especially some of the weakest sheep that they keep on the inside, the tougher sheep on the outside, and they close ranks. And, and be, at least, at least they have each other, right? Yeah. Now, sure. All right, come on. Let's not get crazy with this parable now. I get it. I get it. I know. I know. It, it, it's about repentance. But it is kind of interesting, right? Like, what? When Jesus goes and, and gets that one sheep, sorry, the shepherd, the shepherd, the shepherd. When the shepherd goes and gets that one sheep, what do you think he did with it when he brought it back? It's not rocket science, guys. He, he put it with the rest of the sheep. <laughs> I'm not losing it this morning, am I? I just feel like, some of you are like, whoa, slow down. Whoa, this is so deep. So glad we're back in church to hear this deep revelation. I know. I'm looking out today. I don't see too many notepads except for you, Ruth. Always with the notepad. God bless you. Maybe, I don't know, maybe we should be taking notes. It's so simple, but, you know, it's kind of interesting. He puts it with the rest. What, what would we call when all the sheep are gathered? Well, we'd probably call that church or maybe community. We call that community. I had a friend of mine, just so you know, this is pre-COVID, okay? So there's no story about anyone, and definitely not anyone here, because this is a person that's never come to this church. But pre-COVID, this person, you know, for whatever experience they had, they said, you know what? Me and my family, we're going into lockdown. We are, we're not doing church. We're not doing that anymore. We're not, we're not, we're not going to gather with other people. It's just me and my family. We're, we're locking down. And as long as we're okay, I only need, I don't need everyone else. I, I just need my family. And as long as I have my family, we'll be okay. Yes, it's just lockdown. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not joining a church. I want to be part of a church. Like just we're locking down pre-COVID. And I thought about that and I asked them this question and I said, okay, all right, well, yeah, sure. But suppose you, suppose you continue to be a Christian, um, not just a believer, but a follower of Jesus. I imagine that the Great Commission, which is to go out and seek and save the lost, is, is, which is really important to Jesus. I imagine you still plan on practicing that part of your Christian faith. Yeah, I mean, sure, if we get somebody, we will... I, I would lead them to Christ. And then I said, okay, but what would you do after that? You know, like, what are you going to do now? Like, what if, you know, you have to disciple them? You're going to, you'll just do the discipling? And what kind of advice would you give them? Like you say, well, you should go to church, but we don't do that. You know, like, what if... What are you going to say to these people? Let's say you, you lead them to Jesus and, and then you have to disciple them. And I, I said, I don't want to like burst your bubble and I want to be kind and nice. But look, you know, you can't be all things to all people. 
So in the scriptures, we see in Ephesians 4, something called the apest, right? Apostle, prophet, evangelist, shepherd, teacher. It's called the office gifts. And God raises up office gifts to lead his church. And it's interesting because there are like, imagine like you go to a conference and you say, which session or which stream are you going to do? And somebody says, I'm going to do the creative stream and I'm going to do the teaching stream. There are people that sit in streams of that apest, you know? So some people, you'll just find they have a natural gift to be pastoral, right? These are archetypes, right? Right? So, so somebody's gonna, somebody's pastoral. And then you find people that are, that are not really pastoral, but man, they're great teachers, right? And, and so there are these different streams that all of you would naturally find yourself gravitating to one of those. You'll be in one of them. I, I don't know which one, but you'll be in there. And so I said to this person, say they are a person that's called in an area that you're not graced in. How are you going to disciple them then? I mean, what if, what if that person has an amazing worship gift and an incredible voice? And, and really what they're meant to do is, is lead the church in, in worship. Like, how are you going to train them in that gift? You know, what, what are you going to do with that? You, you can't be all things to all people. And I, I tell you what, boy, do I understand that. Like, I can't be all things to all people. The, the only one that could be the... the full uh, apest, apostle, prophet, evangelist, shepherd, teacher. The only one that could be all five and do it seamlessly was really Jesus, you know. But I, I can't do that and you can't do that. We, we can't do that. And it makes sense. Paul the Apostle, he, he totally got this. He understood it. He, he wrote this in Ephesians, sorry, Romans 12, 3 to 5. He says, for by the grace given to me, because a lot of the things that we do, they're graces that come from God. You know, your grace to be a teacher, your grace to, you know, be an evangelist, something like that. So by the grace given to me, he says, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. You know, you're, you're not bad, but you're not that good. You know, you're not bad, but you're not everything. You know? But to think with, you know, sober judgment. Come on, let's, let's really think about this. Each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members. One body, many members. And the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Here's a big idea. We need each other. We've been designed to need each other. You have not been created to be all sufficient in all things. That's God's job. Don't try to take his job. It's not open. He's not going to give it to you. You can't do it. You are well underqualified. We need each other. Can we be a little sober-minded about this? You can't do this life on your own. Not on your own. Not on your own. You can't do it. And I sort of think about this, like why would you even want to? Why, why would you even want to do this life on your own? The, like I just said, like one of the best parts about this church, and I can't speak on behalf of every church, but I feel well equipped to speak on behalf of Bright Church. One of the best parts about this is the community. It's the people, the connections, the relationships. I, I love this. 
And that's why, like, when I was texting my friend and other people, like, hey, do you need any help? Do you need help? Do you need, you know, they're like, no, no, we're covered. Someone's already sorted it out. A small group or, I don't know, just friends, some random network that they're solving, whoever they are, they're solving problems and getting meals to people and, and, and helping. Can I tell you that the church, sure, you've, you've got a gift and you've, there's a grace on your life to do some things, right? But, but church isn't just about being needed. Church is also about being known so that people can say to you, how you doing? Are you all right? Is everything doing okay? And you volunteer as much as you want to volunteer, but at least somebody's asking the question, how's your life? And really, how are you doing? And when you isolate yourself from community, and I'm not talking about people being isolated from COVID or anything like that. This is a general thing, and I promise, predates COVID. When you isolate yourself, you don't get that. You can't, you can't really have that. And it's easy for people to do. Just arrive a little bit into the worship. Lights are dark anyway. Sneak in. Uh, and then, you know what? Just to, to provide you a little bit more anonymity, we, we dimmed the lights in the last song too. So you could sneak in, sneak out. No one's the wiser. Congratulations. You're missing so much of what church is really all about. You know, I, I, we, have, we have small groups that start up this week. Are you in one? You should be. Uh, you should be. Uh, it, it, it helps. Small, small groups is, by the way, that's how you get known. You know, that's, that's where you can spiritually grow. That's where you can ask questions and people can provide answers and they can ask questions and you provide answers. It's where people grow. You, you need to be needed, but you also need to, you need to be known. I, I really do believe this, that if you want to grow, you can't do that in isolation. You need, no, iron sharpens iron. You need, you need to be around other people. I'll I tell, tell you a story just about me. This is so embarrassing. So when I went to Bible college, I remember we, I did this subject and the teacher was asking people if they had any prayer needs. And this one person says, yeah, yeah, I got a prayer need. And so they say, well, okay, we're all going to pray for you. Now, so far, I'm on board, which is good. And then he says, all right, now everybody extend your hands to this person. And I'm like, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. It's not even biblical. Where do we read that in the scriptures? Like, seriously, like, this is embarrassing for me, you know, to tell you this. But I'm just like, prove it to me. Why should I? You know that kind of spirit, that kind of heart, that kind of attitude? You know, why, why should I even bother? Why should I do that? Show me, right? So, so, so I'm all on board with praying, but I'm like, it's not biblical to extend your hand. I don't read that in. Where did they do that? And so I say this to my shame. So I go to the teacher after the class and I say to him, hey, listen, I'm cool about praying, but is it like, where does it even say that in the scriptures that we should extend our hands to really pray for somebody? And he says to me with a smile on his face, he goes, 
it's not, it's not about that. You, you, you're basically just saying, I can't reach you, but I'm just, I'm just going to support, I'm supporting you in prayer. It's just like, I care about you. And I was like, oh, well, actually, that's kind of nice. Fine. I, I, you know, like, I can do that, you know. I, gosh, you made me sound so dumb, you know. And, and I'm like, all right, I'm on board, I, you know. But, but you know, you know that, that kind of thing where people say, show it, prove it. Why should I? Why, why do I? I was so defensive. You know, really defensive people like that, like me, right? They, they, just, they just miss out on so much, you know? Have you, you ever seen the, the game Simon Says? You can't play that in Australia. Simon Says, put your uh, hand on your nose. Nope. Why should I? Where I, I've heard that that's not even the best place. I heard that your chin was better. Why should I put my hand on my nose? Where is that biblical? Why should I do that? You know, I don't have to do what you say. Yeah, all right. I guess you don't. It's hard to play that in Australian, with Australian culture. You know, we're like, nope, resists, resists. You know, when I was in high school, I thought that all forms of authority were worth resisting because I just assumed that they were against me. Why are you trying to control me? Why are you trying to control my life, you know? And all these people that I had in my life were simply there trying to help me. I just didn't get it. So, so now I'm like, okay, fine. Like, you could resist some things, right? But, but why would you resist what's good for you? Why would you resist it? Do I have to really, do I have to really go for a run to get fit? Well, I don't know. It helps, right? Well, can't I just, can't I just wear my active wear to the cafe <laughs> with my big slouch jumper up top and my, and down below just my active wear, and can't I just wear that and walk around and order a coffee and won't the fat just fall off? No. You know, you might look the part, but you got to actually start to get those legs going. And if you want to see some re results in, in, in your life, do I have to go to church to be a Christian? Oh, geez. Well, I don't know. Like, what did Jesus say? You know, are you a believer or are you a follower? Because he, he seemed to be really bent on having his followers gather together. You know, temple courtyards and house to house, big church, small groups. You know, he seemed to be so interested in having his, his church together. Do I have to be in a small group to be part of a church? Well, I guess you don't. But I don't really need to go home to be a husband either, do I? I can still be one. I can do it. Officially, I'm still classed as a sheep. You know, officially, I'm still, I'm still a husband. I can be a, I can be a husband over here on my own, right? I, I, I don't have to, you know, be present with my kids to be a father, but, but boy, it helps. Why? Why resist what is so helpful? It doesn't make sense. We don't do community 
Because Simon says. Why should I prove it? Where is it? Show me in the Bible. Is it biblical? We don't do community because the pastor says. We don't do community because the leader says. We do community because that's what Jesus wants us to do. Right? And imagine a world in which we live where Christian people everywhere say, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Imagine that. Imagine where it wasn't about my will or what I want, but I said to Jesus, what do you want me to do with my life? Where should I go? What should I be a part of? What should I invest into? Who should I build relationships with? Imagine a world in which we did whatever Jesus asked us to do. And I have this feeling that if we did, we would be so connected as a community and we would be part of small groups, not because you have to, but because you want to. Because discipleship matters to God. And I recognize that I can't be all things to all people. And I, I realize that, you know, I need discipling. Like we, we all need to grow in some way. It, it just makes sense to me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna finish with this. During the Last Supper, there is this section of dialogue in in the Bible and this section of scripture is called the farewell discourse John 13 34 to 35 Jesus says a new commandment which means what that if you're a follower it's not optional just like the Great Commission it's not an optional extra we don't add it to our Christianity it's who we are it's just who we are he says, a new commandment, which is an order that I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. Now, he's not talking about loving people out there in the world. And we know it's important. We understand that, right? But he's specifically talking about Christian community. He's talking about disciples. So he says, just as I have loved you, so you also are to love one another. By this, by this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you love or have love for one another. It's really hard to, to love one another when you wander off. It's really hard to love people when you isolate yourself from community. You barricade the doors. You know, not physically, I'm, I mean, maybe emotionally. You know, and not let people into your life. It, it, it's really hard to do that. It's really hard to, to love other disciples 
if you're just doing life on your own, it's really hard to disciple other people, which is a love thing too, if you're just sort of out there doing it on, on your own. In fact, I would say it's pretty hard to just do the basic fundamentals of this faith, of what we believe. It's really hard to do it if you're always isolating yourself from the community that you're meant to be a part of. And why would you want to? It's one of the best things about church. It's where people, not just it's not just that you're known, it's where, oh, you're needed, but it's where you get known. It's where people can help you. It's where people can help develop you. It's where people can help grow you. It's where people love you too. So can we just pray together this morning? I want to pray for anybody that feels displaced or isolated because you don't have to be in that place. Father, I just thank you for everybody that's here today, whether we're here this morning, we're watching from home, however it is. Father, I pray for anybody this morning that feels totally isolated right now. Especially anyone that's been in church for years, but just doesn't feel like they have any Christian friends. They're around, but they don't actually have that Christian community. God, I pray for them this morning. And I pray, God, that, you know, even within their own selves, who they are as people, the Lord, that they're not barricading everyone out and they're not getting tempted to maybe check out the other grass or they're not offended or something like that. I pray against all of those reasons for why anyone could wander off. But I pray in Jesus' name that anybody that feels like that, that this morning that they would know that they're loved by you and they're loved by this church. I pray, God, that this church would continue to, and for those that maybe haven't been a part of it yet for whatever reason, that they would recognize that there is a community in this place that wants to totally connect them in. I pray for anyone who is feeling like maybe I'm not going to join a small group. I'm not going to do that. Like I just need a lockdown, like just me and my family. It's just about us. I pray, oh God, don't let that happen to them. They need to grow spiritually too. They can't be all things to all people. I pray in Jesus' name that Lord, that you give them the courage to maybe take that next step. To maybe maybe the, the next step, all it is, is this week saying, fine, I'm doing it. It's clicking on a link. It's filling in a form, saying I'm going to be part of it. it, it it's, it's just like some text on a screen and a form that says submit. But at the end of the day, it's so much more than that. It's saying, I will be part of this community that I'm a part of. And Father, I pray that in this place, we will just see those relationships continue to go deeper and deeper. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thanks for listening to the Bright Weekly Podcast. We hope you're encouraged today and we'd love to see you at one of our services. So to connect further with us, head over to brightchurch.com.